And welcome back to your favorite podcast, the 101 Things Under the Sun podcast. I am your host, Brownie Bits, and with me as always is the old man, Woodrich. How are you, my friend? Sorry, I couldn't hear you there for a second. I must have turned my hearing aid off. <laughs> man, you got to stop doing that. <laughs> uh, I don't want to listen to Ethel talk. Yeah, that's true. Ethel is a wonderful woman, but man, can she talk. And I don't want to hear it. <laughs> don't want to listen to it. Just turn the hearing aid off. Life goes away. Well, that's that's one way to handle it, I guess. <laughs> I just nod and smile. Yeah. Nod and smile. Nod and smile all the time. So uh, today, I think um, we should uh, we should do something special. Well, I got, I got a story, uh, if you will. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Go go for a story. I'm all for it. So, guys, yesterday, Saturday, uh, went out on the, the, the Redneck Riviera. We're gonna, that's what we're calling the St. John's River, folks. Okay. okay. Um, I just went out on a little boating expedition, looking for buried treasure along the way. Got a little bit of sunburnt, a little bit sunburnt, and uh, it led me on to this topic of treasure hunting. Okay. So, uh, we did our research, did our thinking, if you could call it that. Um, and, uh, we got some treasure hunting stories or like stories about the treasure that people are hunting so on and so forth, you know, pirates, eccentric millionaires, art thieves, you know, all that kind of jazz. We'll we'll talk about a little bit of that today and then, uh, we'll get into the regular stuff to close out the show as always. As always. And I know you guys always look forward to that. So, uh. All right, so uh, do we have a uh, a special one that we want to start off with today? I mean, I've got a few. Uh, if you want to go ahead and kick it off, uh, yeah. I'll punt it to you. All right, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about this. Um, uh oh, my phone, my phone is not responding. <laughs> do you need me to take over? Yeah, go ahead while uh, right. this is trying to think. So, guys, uh, the first one up, uh, not a pirate treasure, but an eccentric art dealer. Um, by the name of Forrest Fenn. Just a little background on our good friend Forrest, not the gump kind. <laughs> um, he was a Air Force pilot um, with the rank of major in the Vietnam War. After the war, he retired and moved back to New Mexico, uh, where he began in an art house, uh, you know, selling art, an mm-hmm. art gallery. That's the word, the art gallery. So he started, you know, operating that... Um, with him and his wife, uh, and you know they they sold everything, you know even stuff they knew was fake. They sold forgeries, blah 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 blah, all this kind of stuff. Um, so, in 1988, Forrest Fenn was diagnosed with cancer, um, and he was like, "Okay, I'm be dying." So what he did, he devised a set of nine clues. Um, you know, clues, riddles, whatever, and drew a rough map, kind of, sort of, um, and hid treasure in the Rocky Mountains of these old United States. Ooh. Now, um, he's still alive today, so obviously the cancer didn't get him. But uh, since he's put out these nine clues, um, people will, you know, try and solve them, mm-hmm. and then... He'll say yes or no or something along those lines. 
because he's been interviewed quite quite a few times um, over the you know by people who've heard about this treasure buried somewhere. So he said people have been within 120 feet of the actual location of the treasure, but nobody's found it yet. Um, and he has been stated to go on record. I think the interview was 2016, so a couple years back. Okay. Um, he is gonna. Uh, Retrieve the treasure once its inflated value is $10 million. If nobody finds it first. Now, like I said, since people have gone to him with the clues, um, some people think that they've been out of order because he said he, he has never said that all clue, all nine clues have like not been solved. Like, so technically all nine could have been solved, but if you solve them out of order or go out of order, you're not gonna. It's gonna mess you up in the directions, obviously, and sometimes the people in the separate groups just haven't put it together. So, that's uh, that's this. Oh, and I almost forgot one of the best parts of the story. In about 2009, 2010, um, I don't know if it was in conjunction with the buried treasure, <clears throat> but uh, oh, oh no, <laughs> oh, excuse me, a little sleepy there, um. <laughs> But in about 2009, 2010, somewhere in that area, uh, the FBI raided his house um, because they thought he was in cahoots with art smugglers, art thieves, something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he wasn't charged or anything, but a little bit of a mystique gets added in there. You know, is, is there some famous missing art buried in that treasure? We won't know until somebody solves it. But, and then, uh, to kind of wrap up the, uh, <clears throat> whole mystique behind this, people have died searching for this treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the count is, um, ooh, I don't even know. Uh, four people are known to have died in this. That's not including the two people that the FBI su- suspect, Fenn, of, uh, quote-unquote committing suicide so he's, you know, the, the the lead suspect in two suicides that that are thought to be murders. Mm-hmm. But those that's so then it totals up to six. So people have died looking for this. Like this is the real deal. Totally authenticated. You know, he 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 has a list of everything that he like a like a ledger. Yeah. I don't know if it's an actual list, but that's how he's tracking the the amounts. So, wow! If you're if you're ever bored, uh, let's let's uh, try and figure these clues out and go see our good friend Forrest. Oh, for sure, for sure. That sounds like uh, a super super fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. And his reasoning for doing this, um, he just wanted to give people hope or give people something to believe in. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Um, Maybe an adult version of the Goonies, where the Goon, you know, oh, that, yeah. that's just like, yeah. that's a legend. You know, nobody's ever, it's not been proven or anything. This is proven. Yeah. Gives everybody a little bit of a, oh, hey, we find it, it's ours. Yeah, exactly. Give everybody a little bit of hope. I read some of these clues and they don't make any fucking sense. <laughs> I don't have the list pulled up right now, guys, but, oh, we could do we could do a riddle episode about these, about these oh, clues yeah. and uh, maybe... Maybe. 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 If we do that and we think we know the answers, we'll we'll post it after we go look. 
<laughs> or we'll just crowdsource uh, solutions to them. Yeah, there you go. I like that a little better. Yeah, and then we can all go. Do a podcast episode up there. Yeah, I'm not going to podcast while I'm looking for treasure. After we find the treasure. Oh, I'll, I'll do an interview. <laughs> I'll retire. I'll be that reclusive millionaire. There you go. Mm-hmm. Doing podcasts and stuff. Man, um, <laughs> when I was doing research for this, uh, one of the guys that his name came up, he actually has a museum of stuff that he's found out in St. Augustine. World's largest treasure museum. A little segue there. But he hit the jackpot. He was diving and found a old Spanish galleon off of Key West. Oh, yeah. Um, everything they pulled out of there, $500 million worth of stuff. Oh, my gosh. That is insane. Nuts, man. N-U-T-S nuts. Yeah. You definitely earn that stuff, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With how much you look and how how mm-hmm. hard you have to, you know, prepare and everything. Yeah, but, it's crazy. Um, he, he's, I think he's has a Guinness Book of World Records for the most located treasure. Sh- like, really? Or, or not most located treasure ships, but most located um, ships that are of, of note. Yeah. Like um, undiscovered shipwrecks. That's what his world record is. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that $500 million, um, obviously he didn't get to keep all of it. But yeah. he, he had finder's fees and stuff because the museums will pay him stuff. Yeah. And then now he's got the revenue from his own museum. Man. So it's really neat. I checked it out when I went up to St. Augustine before. I'd definitely like to go see that. That'd be cool. Um, I, I kind of want to switch to a different area of the world here. Um, going back in time too, uh, quite a bit. Um, as a lot of us know, the Nazi, uh, armies and everything. No, there, there's a lot of different stories. Okay. Lots of them. This one that I'm going to talk about is a little bit different than most of them that I've heard. Most of the more popular ones. Um, though this one seems to be pretty popular too. Um, this is the Lake Toplitz, uh, treasure. I'm shaking my head for all you listeners at home there. <laughs> shaking my head. That's fine. Continue. I'll, I'll, hold, I'll hold my two cents. The, uh, the, basically, uh, they were uh, retreating. So the Nazi troops were mm-hmm. retreating. And uh, they were seen sinking these chests down into the, to the lake um, as they were fleeing Allied troops. Uh, and... The the contents of the boxes were never known at, at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, the researchers at the time also believed that anything from gold to silver to priceless works of art may have been at the bottom of the lake. Mm-hmm. So to fill in some blanks here, um, I'm going I'm to I'm put my hat on it and claim, claim expert knowledge on this. Go, um, go for it. I'll just claim to be the expert here. <laughs> but uh, fill in some blanks here. Um, this is taking place in Austria. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, up, up high in the Alps. Um, and the reason I I shook my head earlier is because uh, I guess you could call this a conspiracy theory uh, that we're going to segue into now because <laughs> I'm going to hijack the show. Hijack the show. Um, but anyway, I'm one of these people that believes that this the, the lake... I don't even know how to say it, but the Lake T. Toplets. Yeah, Lake Toplets, whatever. I'm not how, how I'm not cultured. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Lake Toplets treasure 
is a, an elaborate ruse. What actually happened in the last days of the war, um, they didn't, the Nazis had treasure mm-hmm. in close proximity to that. However, um, what they did, they got rid of all their ammo and all that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. at this point in the war, they're fucked. Yeah. What they actually were doing um, was throwing all this shit to cause a slowdown of the Allies. Because at this point in the war, the Allies were trying to preserve as much history as they could. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, I would take a backseat to clearing the Germans out. Yeah. But if they got a big tip about preserving um, people's property and famous works of art or uh, stuff of importance, um, they would devote resources to trying to do that. Yeah. Um, so what it, what happened over here, um, based off of some research I've done and a couple of, before the History Channel was all reality TV, <laughs> um, History Channel specials, um, it caused a slowdown on that bubble mm-hmm. of the of the Allied advance uh, for enough time for these guys to retreat out of the Alps uh, in that section of Austria, and they ended up saving like this. This goes into the Nazi treasure train. Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're linked. Oh yeah, because they they saved all that stuff there, and the, that convoy or group of Germans that were leaving Lake Toplitz area were en route to the area that the treasure train left Mm -hmm. in Austria before I believe ended up to what I believe is somewhere in the Czech Republic. Whether it's there or not, (laughs) can I confirm or deny that? Yeah. Even those guys that found it like a year ago still can't confirm or there's something in there. Yeah. But they haven't been able to get in there and check it out. So... But that's my little two cents. That's the that's the diversion from the actual treasure, which is in the treasure train. I'm a hundred and ten percent believer in that treasure train. Oh, I am too. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I, it's it's definitely something to to think about because even if there is something down at the bottom of the lake that is like actual treasure, you know, I don't think they would have thrown everything out. Mm-mm. But again, I don't think they could have thrown it. Again, there's out two there's two it. two theories. Mine, which is a little bit might be a little more crackpot conspiracy theory esque. <laughs> or the you know They were just dumping it. Yeah, they were just dumping it. And actually anything that gets dumped into that lake will actually be preserved pretty well because of how cold that lake actually is. Yeah, because it's way up there. Way mm-hmm. up high. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it was uh for those of you that don't know, it was a naval test testing ground for the Nazi army. Mm-hmm. Um, or for the Nazi government. Um, so, yeah, it, it was fairly important to mm-hmm. the Germans uh, during yeah, World War Yeah, because they had some heavy-duty bunkers up there mm-hmm. that they that, that, that was going to be their last stand, but then, obviously, they're like, I want to live. Yeah, yeah. So. I would, too, but... Yeah, that's that's one... I, I always find some of that stuff kind of interesting, especially surrounding, because there was a lot of stuff that was lost during World War II, especially mm-hmm. in Germany. Oh yeah. Um, and if there's even a fraction of a percent that is mm-hmm. preserved and is possible and, of recovery, and most of it, uh, not even just German artifacts, it's all over the world. Because I mean, oh yeah, they they raided France, mm-hmm. they they raided everywhere they conquered, and they took it all back to Germany. So, because so. Hitler's grand plan was to end up just building art museums in Germany. Yeah, that was his plan. He was an arty. 
He wasn't artsy. Arty. He was an artsy fartsy guy. <laughs> artsy fartsy guy. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, I'll uh, rewind the clock a little more to get to this next treasure. Um, this one kind of confirmed, kind of not. So we'll get. We haven't quite reached legend status yet. Yeah. Um, this is a story about Jean Lafitte. Okay. Um, probably one of the most notorious unheard of pirates. Maybe, um, I'd say. He did his business in the colonies because he uh, came about, mm, yeah, about the colonies. He uh, really got into piracy right around um, his first official score was 1780. But he did smuggling and other piracy acts before then yeah but that was when he hit the big the big the big time um and he kind of takes a back seat to some of the other pirates of that time like blackbeard um you know that's a little late for blackbeard but again that's this this kind of the end of piracy coming around here turn of the 1800s that kind of thing but um basically he came about um he got scorned by a lady because he was trying to court her and then one of her other suitors came up and confronted him about it, and then he just stabbed him blatantly. <laughs> that that like he that was it. He introduced himself, and then the guy got stabbed. And the the lady saw, and was just like, "No, no, no! Don't want anything to do with you yet, ever again. Leave." He left, and then that's how he became the notorious pirate Jean Lafitte. Um, after that, because that was in Charleston, left Charleston, came back into the Gulf. Set up shop uh, right out, right out of the Mississippi Delta in Louisiana, which at that time is still Spanish lands, mm-hmm. still Spanish or French, whatever that weird time period in there. Yeah. Um. So, but anyway, um, he gets you know jobs from the Spanish, the French, whatever, but he does not attack the Americans for whatever reason. Not no, there's no patriotic inklings there. He just doesn't do it. Um, it's because it doesn't behoove him. Everybody else is real far away. The Americans right there in the back door. Yeah. Um, so fast forward a little bit to this little thing called the War 1812. Um, he, he at this point he's building up a big old fleet, big old armada. Um, so at this point, he's he has committed some some uh, felonies or whatever acts of war against the United States shipping and this kind of stuff. Um, he receives a letter. Nobody knows how he got to him. Nobody knows who wrote it, quote-unquote. But it was from his uh, his love. Okay. Uh, her name's Beatrice. It's from Beatrice. Um, so at this point, uh, the letter described a presidential pardon from Andrew Jackson. Or presidential pardon, and Andrew Jackson was going to honor it. Because at that point, Andrew Jackson is down fighting the Battle of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Needs a little bit of help against these guys called the British. Yeah. Um, and also at the same time, Jean Lafitte was given an offer by the British of $300,000 and a frigate, which is a big-ass fucking ship. Mm-hmm. And then um, the rank of captain or some whatever in the British Navy to fight for the British. So he's got conflicting offers, but obviously... If his love is writing him to say, hey, I'll be forgiven by me and the United States, uh, yeah, you're going to help me out. 
so after they do the fighting and all that kind of stuff, they he goes to Charleston, finds out he she's married, is a fake, is a setup, blah blah blah. He comes back, piracy to a new to new to a new level. He set up a colony, um, right around Galveston, somewhere in that area, mm-hmm. because he was trying to to strong arm the the, the Texans, <laughs> um, got out of the slave market. That's what he was doing. So he tried to strong arm the Texans out of the slave market, and then that's when the U.S. Navy was like, "Ah, oh, you helped us, but fuck you, <laughs> we're we're coming at you." Mm-hmm. So they surround him, and they give him five days to vacate his like colony lands and all that kind of stuff. Um, so what's he doing his five days? He takes all his loot, all his bounty, loads up every ship he has at that moment, which is close to fifty, mm-hmm. close to fifty ships. Of his 500 fleet armada at this point. That's what people say. Yeah. But he loaded up 50 ships, sailed them somewhere up a creek, you know, directed them. And then they came back unloaded. So high in the water. This is Navy record. Uh, He leaves never to be seen again. Ever. Mm -hmm. It's suspected he died off the coast of the Yucatan Peninsula down in Mexico after Hurricane a couple months or a couple like about a month or maybe a month or two after that point because he was going to circle back around and reclaim his treasure but he never did never did so this treasure is somewhere in the vicinity of Galveston mm-hmm. or that that area of coast along Texas nobody's ever found it but it it's presumed to be you know millions and millions of dollars worth of goods. Oh yeah, artifacts, gold, silver, the whole nine yards. Man, if if we could find that, <laughs> I'm saying, man, Jean Lafitte, call me a pirate. Actually, no fun fact about Jean Lafitte. Um, <clears throat> Jean Lafitte's blacksmith shop is a bar in New Orleans. And it is, I believe, the longest continuously run bar in the United States. Oh, really? Because that was his place back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it's always sold some kind of adult beverage, even during Prohibition. Because during Prohibition, it was a blacksmith shop or something along those lines. But if you knock on a, you know... Secret door, you get a drink. Oh yeah, I guess, I'm guessing. So, but yeah, that's uh, that that that's my pirate treasure. I hope it's real. <laughs> I like to believe that. I would too. There's a uh, there's another one that um, happened in that time period too, 1816, uh, in Bedford County, Virginia. I don't know if you know this one, but this is uh, Thomas Beale. Apparently, Ooh, yes. Thomas Buell. Mm-hmm. Apparently, and this is just an estimation, um, but he had a large fortune, which was estimated around sixty-three uh, million dollars. Um. So it's fairly large, uh, fairly large, you know, treasure. Um, but basically. Um, he was traveling 
or he came into a large sum of gold and silver while mining somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. Um, and that estimated $63 million was in today's money. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. lots of money. Um, they wanted to make sure all, all the money would go to their next akin should they perish. So what, Be- what Beale did was he wrote three ciphers. Okay, uh, One described the exact location of the treasure. The second described the contents of the treasure. And the third was a list of the men's name and their next of kin. And Beale then trusted Robert Morris, which um, he was an innkeeper in Lynchburg, Virginia, um, with the safekeeping of a box containing the ciphers. Morris was supposed to wait 10 years before opening it. Um, And at that point, if Beale did not return for the box, a key to the cipher was supposed to be mailed to Morris. Mm -hmm. But he never got it. Morris never got the cipher. Beale never showed up again. Or the key to the cipher. So for years, Morris and a friend tried to decode the three ciphers, but they could only manage the second cipher, which was the one that was uh, describing the contents of the treasure. $63 million. Mm-hmm. I've seen those ciphers. It's, whoa. Yeah. Because somebody put them online mm-hmm. to try and figure them out. And I obviously, we haven't heard that anybody's found it yet. No. So, but it, it, that is just such a great story. Um, because of the simple fact that it's just, it was a group of three guys that, you know, like, they're like, Hey, we got all this shit. Let's make sure we're set up. Yeah. So a little segue, um, to another story. I know, um, this one takes place about 1865. Okay. Or not about somewhere about in there. Civil war. Nobody's really sure on the exact date. Um, however, little man named, uh, I can't remember his first name, Captain Mosby. He was one of the first, like, guerrilla leaders, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but anyway, uh, Mosby, they call it Mosby's treasure. He was a cavalry commander in the Confederates, for the Confederates, operating out of Virginia, the Maryland area. Um, most likely Maryland, that, that more, more often than not. Yeah. Operated out of Maryland because it's just, you know, they were guerrillas. They, you know, wore gray. That was about it. But um, they, they, they launched raids. And one of their raids, I can't remember the year on it because I don't have it pulled up. This is just going all from memory. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> they raided and sacked a Union detachment. And uh, this detachment was carrying upwards of 300000 to $500,000 worth of gold at that time. I don't know what that's worth today, but it's worth a hell of a lot more than that. But anyway, um, Mosby and his men took the treasure, or all the gold, um, and then on their way back, they hid it in the woods. Mm-hmm. That way they weren't caught and they were going to go back for it later. Um, the ten men Mosby sent back to go get it after they cleared the path back to where they were set up, their base, or whatever, they got captured and were hung for treason. Oh, man. And, like, you know, being a spy, all that kind of stuff. Mosby never went back for it. Uh, because other than uh, Mosby, those were the only other ten men alive that knew where it was. Wow. What are the odds of that? <laughs> I, it, set up. <laughs> D- 
God, that's an elaborate setup. That is an elaborate setup, but yeah. that's that's insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do have another legit story though. Okay. Um, this one is very very reminiscent of a uh, one of my favorite movies. Um, however, rather than being set in Saharan Africa, it's a little more closer to home in the Mojave Desert. Okay. That movie I'm referencing um, is oh oh god. Um, Sahara. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the name of the movie. Um, you know, Matthew McConaughey and uh, Penelope Cruz, I want to say. But anyway, the, the gist of that is a, a ship washes up in the Sahara full of treasure, blah, 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 blah. That's their story. Yeah. This, however, um, so back in the 1800s, um, this is when the stories started coming out. Yeah. Um, but there have been records from the 1600s when this actually happened. Um, the Spanish were exploring the western coast of California and Mexico at that time, looking for pearls. Um, and this guy, uh, I don't know what his name is, Alvarez de Cordon. We'll make it sound a little fancy. Yeah. Um, uh, was sent out there. He hired two other guys to go with him. So they got three ships, and they're looking for pearls. Hired a bunch of people to go diving for him. At the end of the journey, they're striking out, striking out, not getting a lot. End up meeting some Native Americans okay. who have just baskets and baskets of pearls. So this guy's like, hey, I'm going to trade you for those. Because we don't know where to find them. So what they did, they're like, oh, we'll, we'll give you some nice European clothes, fabrics and stuff for your pearls. And the Americans say... Hey, that sounds like a good deal. We'll go ahead and do that. However, Mr. Cordon, being the Spaniard he is, he's like, give them the dirty rags. And we're just going to take everything. So he does that. And as they're trying to sail away, the Native Americans are like, hey, we just gotten, we just done got hoodwinked. So what they do, they start attacking them. You know, this guy gets shot with an arrow, poisoned. Uh, so he's dying, the <laughs> ship's destroyed, or being, you know, destroyed. So they have to hurry quick, it's about to sink, they put it on the, the other two ships. Storm happens as they're sailing away. The other ship, one of the other ships, is damaged. They put all the pearls onto the last one in the case of, you know, they don't want it just to abruptly sink. They're, they're limping along. Yeah. But the storm knocks them off course. And at this point, there's mists of a waterway from that connects the Gulf of California to the Gulf of Mexico. Um, that very northern end of the Gulf of uh, California. So it's definitely not the <clears throat> Rio Grande. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, they, they, they're looking for that too or something. And they end up on a river that's flooded because of the storm. And they end up like a thousand miles inland in the Mojave Desert. Um, and then that's where it just ends, because they were probably attacked or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, we don't know what happened to the last ship. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jeez. because the second ship um, that was injured just, they ended up making it back to civilization. But the one ship that was intact never heard from again. Yeah. This is not the only ship that is in the Mojave Desert area. Apparently people... People did find a Viking ship up there. They they think it's a Viking ship. Wow. Um, so, I don't know if it's been confirmed, 
um, but like investigators and stuff did did go over there to locate the Viking ship because they found records and stuff mm-hmm. of it. So, oh, and they they did find the front half of a Viking ship. So the Vikings made it to the Mojave Desert, guys. This, well, they were basically worldwide, though. I mean, mm-hmm. they were all over but the place. That's that's still remarkable. Oh yeah. Oh, that it's is very remarkable. Rem- yeah, very remarkable. Mm-hmm. Man, they say that there there is a very very good chance that you are related to Vikings. And if you're not related to a Viking, you're related to Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. It's like a fourth of the world's population are a descendant of Genghis Khan, I believe. It's either a fourth or a third. Like, God damn, that guy just... He he never he, stopped. No, he <laughs> ate, he drank, he fought, and he fucked. That was it. <laughs> that was it. That, 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 that was his life. Mm-hmm. God damn. What a man. The man, the myth, the legend. The that that is actually applicable to Genghis Khan. The man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, oh. lots of lots of very interesting uh, treasure stories out there, um, and uh, some of them have been found. Some of them have not been. I mean, actually, you know, one one more thing that I treasure a lot. Especially relevant since today's Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Happy Father's Day to all you guys that have those pain-in-the-ass kids. <laughs> like us. <laughs> <laughs> but another treasure near and dear to my heart. Dad jokes. Dad jokes. Dad jokes. All right. Well. I'll lead it off with okay. a classic. Yo mama's so fat that when she fell, no one was laughing. But the ground sure was cracking up. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh no. Ad. Ad popped up. It's fine. Uh, why shouldn't you write with a broken pencil? I don't know. Because it's pointless. Mm. Mm. I went to the shop the other day to buy six cans of Sprite. It was only when I got home I realized I picked seven up. <laughs> it sank in. That was That was a sinker. Yes, it did. Um... Try to make a sentence out of deduct, defeat, defense, and detail. What? I I'm, I like spaced. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here we go. Try to make a sentence out of deduct, defeat, defense, and detail. I don't. I don't. What? Wait. What? Is this a riddle? No. <laughs> I, where are you going? Defeat of deduct went over defense before detail. I was on the phone with my wife and said, I'm almost home, honey. Can you uh, please put the coffee maker on? After about a 20-second pause, I asked, you still there, sweetheart? She said, yeah. Um, she said, yeah. But I don't think the coffee maker wants to talk right now. Oh. <laughs> oh. So after dinner, I said, happy Father's Day. Thanks for having me. My dad said, well, it was an accident. <laughs> da, 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 da. This is the dad, little son right here. Da, 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 da. The dad says, "Hey, look, he's gonna say his first words." His son, da, 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 dad. I'm 30 years old. Stop, stop making fun of my st- st- stutter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. 
My idiot friend started wearing two monocles out in public. I said, you're making a spectacle of yourself. <laughs> I don't know why that one was so good. That one was good. Oh. The England football team visited an orphanage in Russia yesterday. It's heartbreaking to see their little faces with no hope, said Vladimir, age six. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that would be funnier if it was see- seeable. Seeable. Um, what do you call a farmer that loves his job and makes sweets in his spare time? Old McDonald? No, a Jolly Rancher. Oh, oh, that's my favorite. I should have known that. <laughs> oh, this one's a little lengthy, but it's it's worth it. I thought my son was spending too much time playing video games, so I stopped him and said, Son, when Abe Lincoln was your age, he was studying books by the light of a fireplace. My son replied, Yeah, well, when Abe Lincoln was your age, he was the President of the United States. Damn smartass. <laughs> Oh, man. Why did they make Moana? Don't know. Because Disney made Frozen about Elsa. Oh, my gosh. Elsa. And then they thought, we need Moana. Okay. Moana? Yeah. Moana? No? Uh, (laughs) You missed a little hand motion of my hand going over the head there, guys. Um, How much memory does it uh, take to store a joke? How much? One gigabyte. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know uh, when you see birds flying together in a V-shape, there's always that one side of the V that's longer? Do you know why it is? Because it always slopes left? No, because there's more birds on that side. Mm. I was trying to make a dick joke. <laughs> it didn't work too well. What do you call a Mexican midget? Oh god, what? A paragraph, because he's not a full essay yet. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What What is uh, the Titanic's favorite type of lettuce? Iceberg. Iceberg. (laughs) I uploaded uh, some pictures of my butt to iCloud recently. I like to back that ass up. (laughs) Ah. Oh, why did the rapper think or thank the sidewalks in his acceptance speech? Don't know. Because it kept him off the streets. Mmm, classy, classy. <laughs> when I was sixteen, my dad, my pissed off dad, said he was gonna hop behind me all the way to the hospital. I asked him why, and he said he had to get his foot removed from my ass. <laughs> Okay, I got another thinker for you. A snobbish criminal walking downstairs is a condescending condescending. Jokeception. <laughs> I got a prostate exam, and the doctor said it's normal to have an erection. It was awkward trying to ignore his bulge. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Okay, I heard that FedEx and UPS are going to team up to make one big conglomerate. They're going to call it Fed Up. Mm Mm-hmm. Fed Up with your shit. What does the lesbian vampire say to the other lesbian vampire? Oh, God. 
What? Same time next month. <laughs> Come on, how is it? You're not laughing at it? That's such I'm a good one. It was a good one. Oh man. <laughs> what do you call a model uh undergoing plastic surgery? I don't know. A remodel? Mm. <laughs> don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> Alright, I got one last one. Okay. There's an actual medical term for when your foot falls asleep. Yeah. Comatose. There you go. <clears throat> uh, what are two horses that are placed next to each other in a stable called? No idea. Neighbors. Let's end this. <laughs> okay, well... Since you want to end this, I got a I got a riddle for you. Good. <laughs> Good. I need to strangle somebody. Okay. I am not alive but seem so because I dance and breathe with no legs. What am I? You seem alive? I I I am not alive but seem so because I dance and breathe with no legs or lungs of my own. What am I? Ooh, the wacky, the wacky inflatable guy. <laughs> that that could be an answer, but he doesn't breathe. Oh, this thing breathes. Mm-hmm. A shirt, clothing. Kind of, but it dances on its own, under its own power. Well, yeah. If you're hang hang drying it, yeah, yeah. Under its own power, not the wind power. God damn it. I tried to save that one, guys. <laughs> Though the wind does blow this, or can blow this. Can you read it again? I am not alive, but seem so, because I dance and breathe with no legs or lungs of my own. What am I? Damn. I, I had an inspiration there from <laughs> the most fucking dumb riddle you've ever told me. <laughs> I was going to say something like a river. Because I was inspired by the boundary. Mm-hmm. But it's not a river. No. The rivers don't breathe. I don't know. A flame. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to strangle you tonight. <laughs> Piece of shit. Oh my gosh. I am rarely touched, but often held. And if you are smart, you'll use me well. What am I? I want to say something so bad, but I'm not going no, to. No, do it. Do it. No. Can you read it again? I am rarely touched, but often held. And if you are smart, you'll use me well. What am I? I'm rarely touched, mm-hmm. but always held. But often held. Often. Sometimes it's not held. And if you are smart, you'll use me well. Memories? Not really. I mean, it, it could be. I don't know. A tongue. You hold your tongue. Mm. Fuck and if that. you're smart, you, you use it well. <laughs> Fuck that one. Not a fan. 
Memories was a good guess, though. Yeah. All right, I got one last one. What moves across the land but never has to steer? It has delivered our goods year after year. What is it? Santa. But he has to steer. No, the, the reindeer do that. He just says, yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> he sings that stupid little song. And then the, the reindeer just prance away. The reindeer know where they're going. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> he just says, faster or slower. <laughs> okay. I guess you're partially right on that then. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> God. Del- you are- delivers... What moves across the land but never has to steer, it has delivered our goods year after year. Fucking musical rhyming bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. Coming, coming from where we were, you should know this because you got stopped by them all the time. A train? Mm-hmm. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> that is fucking stupid. <laughs> Why? Trains have to steer just like Santa has to steer, then you cack wagon. Because <laughs> they need to phone ahead, and then they call the little guy to, to shift it. Yeah, but the, stains them, the trains themselves do not steer. Neither does fucking Santa, but that was the wrong answer. <laughs> Piece of shit. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's all I have on that that end. Uh, do you have a special uh, social media craze this week? No, but I got a new segment. It's okay. called, uh, well, it, if it was Wednesday, that'd be more aptly named, but I'm going to call it What You Drinking Wednesday. Okay. And this week, I've got two. Okay. Uh, one for all the locals. That's Sanford, Florida area <laughs> um, for you guys. A uh, little brewery called Wops Hops. Wops House of Hops is the actual name or so, whatever. Very good. The, yeah, the guy's Italian, and he put a derogatory name in his title. Good for him. <laughs> Knows how to have a good time. Anyhow, it's called the the Bokey. It's a, it's a smoky beer. like our, It's a Roush-style beer. But um, I like to think of it as I'm drinking a little slice of beef jerky. Mm-hmm. Just a touch, just a little hint of beef jerky in it for you. Very good, very good. Number two, Lynchburg Lemonade. Very simple, <laughs> very easy to make. Just a little bit of Jack Daniels, and then lemonade to your taste. You were, you were drinking that out on the river, weren't you? Yes, I was. <laughs> yes, I was, and I was just floating along with it in a nice old jug. That boy. Yeah, that that is definitely good. I like that. So that's your, what you're drinking Wednesday. Woohoo! <laughs> Well, I got one Shannonism for you tonight. You ready for this? That's you know, it, folks. I'm, I'm not listening to this. <laughs> he's go turned ahead. off his go hearing ahead. aid. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, these professional hitters make it look easy. Sometimes they just stick the bat out and spank the baby. Gotta spank that baby. You gotta spank that baby. <laughs> if you don't, your ass gonna be in a jackpot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it was a fun episode tonight, guys. We uh, we had a fun time discussing some uh, his, uh, buried treasure possibilities. So get out there and do some searching. Digging. 
Do digging. some digging. Do some digging. Hopefully you guys learned a little bit and you laughed a little bit and uh, I don't know another L. <laughs> I'd say loved a little bit, but that might be a little inappropriate from coming from us. Oh, well, who cares? Fuck it, love a little bit. <laughs> Get a little bit of action. Exactly. Go go out and, and do it. Always a fan, getting some action. <laughs> Just go out and get it. Get Just some. be appropriate. We don't want any Me Too yeah, no, yeah. stuff. As long as it's approved by both parties. Yeah. Stamp of approval on that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I hope all of the fathers out there had a wonderful Father's Day. And, um... Get those new balances dirty. Yes, exactly. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. Old Man Hoodrich is out. Peace out. And I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>